0: She's the monster, I'm the robot Hello, my name is Will and you're listening to Exploding Helicopter the podcast with a toxic relationship with films where helicopters explode. Now here's a question for you. What do you get if you take a romantic comedy, a Japanese kaiju movie and mix it with a dark relationship drama? If you answered Colossal, then I'd like to congratulate you on your ability to read the episode title of this podcast. And talking of People who demand endless praise for even the most trivial achievement. My guest today is my good friend Nick rehack from French Toast Sunday. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Well, I am doing very well, very well. I'm really glad, as always, uh, to uh, to have you here as my uh, wingman on this podcast as we uh, as we take on this review of uh, the movie uh, Colossal. And uh, as I sort of alluded to um, in my uh, introduction here this film's a a, a, a bit of a, a mashup of different genres and uh you know I always like to have a little uh preamble pre-chat with you and so that made me wonder you know what is your favorite film that maybe started out as one thing but then turned into another
1: well the one that immediately jumps out to me and it was one of my favorite films actually just last year was Parasite um, they won Best Picture of the Oscars, mm. which was absolutely incredible. I remember one of the internet like chat groups on Facebook and stuff, uh, they were really talking up this movie, and I hadn't seen it, but it just so happened that my local chain theater was playing it. I'm like, well, this will never happen again, so let me hurry up and get in here, and uh, I was just blown away. There are things that happen in that movie. It starts one way. It continues and I'm like, oh, okay, and then they put the car and park and then they decide to just make a very hard left turn and it's anybody's guess after that. Like I thought, like, oh, I know how this is gonna go. No, zero idea. Like it was truly surprising <laughs> and just absolutely fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. And if people decide to go see it, like go in with as little information as possible. The less you know about this, the better.
0: Yeah, I heard um, the similar advice about knowing as little as watching uh, Parasite as possible before going into in to watch it. And uh, I, I saw that recently and I really enjoyed it myself. But um, I'd be interested in your take on it. I don't know how many times you've seen it, but I enjoyed Parasite. But it was one of those films that I watched and I thought, you know what, I think I might enjoy this more on subsequent repeat viewings because knowing the basic plot you know knowing how the various twists and I'll be able to actually sort of concentrate a little bit more on some of the other things that are going on in the film some of the subtext within uh, within the film. So I, I don't know how many times you've seen the film is it just the once I mean do you, is that an impression that you get about going back to this film it is just the one, um, but I'm gonna absolutely agree with you that
1: I think the more you watch it, the more you're gonna get out of it. It's a lot like, uh, like Edgar Wright, really, really good at foreshadowing and hiding things in the dist or in the background that kind of allude to what's going on. Um, i'm definitely looking forward to picking this up on blu-ray at some point and giving it a couple rewatches and uh and also showing it to my fiance like she's very much not into foreign films that include subtitles and i kind of want to change her mind and say look like there are really
0: really good ones out there start here and then we can go from there okay well i think it's time we got stuck into uh, colossal so uh, cue the trailer clip I just looked at the news, and I think I'm in shock. A giant monster just materialized over soul. That happened like nine hours ago. You're just hearing about this. What have you been doing all day?
1: You ever notice how it just keeps destroying everything in its path, but it never looks down? Like it's being operated by remote control. <gasps>
0: Gloria, you gotta see that It's dancing. It's dancing like holy sh! Gloria is an unemployed writer struggling with an alcohol problem. Gloria's uh, erratic behavior prompts her boyfriend to break up with her. Um, She's kicked out of their New York apartment and uh, forced to move back to her suburban hometown. Once there, Gloria falls in with an old school friend and a group of guys who hang out at their local bar. When news reports surface that a giant creature is destroying Seoul in South Korea, Gloria gradually comes to the stunning realization that she is somehow connected to this far-off phenomena. As events in South Korea and her personal life begin to spin out of control, Gloria must determine why, she, why her seemingly insignificant existence has such a colossal effect on the fate of the world. In the role of Gloria we have uh, Anne Hathaway, alongside her we have uh, Jason Sudeikis who plays Tim, her old school friend, and Dan Stevens has a small role as Gloria's ex-boyfriend. The film was written and directed by uh, Nacho Vigalondo who's carved out something of a reputation for his uh, interesting high concept ideas and original takes on genre. Colossal has a 6.2 user rating on IMDb and a 59% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's interesting to contrast those numbers, uh, which are generated by the public, with the Metacritic numbers on uh, those sites. So on IMDb, critics average rating is 70 percent on rotten tomatoes the uh, metacritic figure is 81 percent so there's a pretty sizable gap between how uh, this film was received by uh, audiences and uh, critics so uh, with all of that out of the way nick you know where where did you uh, you know what did you make of this film are you more with the critics or you uh, perhaps more with the uh, the
1: audience Honestly, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, those numbers you read out kind of surprised me. I really thought it would be the other way around. The audience would enjoy it more than the critics. I really like the concept. I think it's a really fascinating idea. I think it's different, which is always exciting to see something like kind of new and original. I think the big thing for me, there are some changes that are very sudden, very quick, and I think it just it doesn't stick the landing like I, I want it to. Mm. Um what uh, there's a couple things that I, I would change, but for the most part, like I said, it's original. I I enjoyed watching it, but just some it was just a little off for me. I wanted a little bit more out of it.
0: What was the bits that um, they didn't land for you?
1: I think it it was just uh, Jason Sudeikis' character, and then obviously uh, we're going to be getting in a spoiler territory right off the bat, but uh, just the creation. Of how their characters came to be involved, you know, with the monster mm. and the giant robot. I don't know. I have a little bit of issue with it, but I, at the same time, I don't know how else they could have like explained it or shown like the creation aspect
0: of that. Yeah, I think I've got some sympathy for you with that because that's that's definitely a note that I made, and I I did think that the origins of that. You know, I, I think we're just going to get into spoilers here because I, otherwise, I think this is this is a tough t- tough film to talk about. It's been out for oh, a few, absolutely. It's been out for a few years now, and yeah, coming back to that point, I do think that the 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 origins of where these monsters, the these kaiju creatures, come from, I, I do think that's the weakest part of this film. But um, having acknowledged that, I do think though, I I would echo your comments. I'm, I really enjoyed the originality of this film it it, it mixes up some genres which you just wouldn't necessarily think go together and it then tackles actually some pretty dark themes but because it's mixing up these genres you don't really feel like you're being put through the mangle of you know of what could be a very heavy drama about alcoholism or a very heavy drama about psychologically abusing somebody within a relationship so that 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 mashup of genres that sort of the the originality of the approach here allows it to yeah to sort of go to some dark places but without ever really feeling like you're being i don't know hammered over the head with you know one of these endurance dramas that you get where you know some poor sod just gets (laughs) excreted on for you know 120 minutes
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think – it's also one of those films where if you took out the monster component, that's what you would have. You would have just this kind of run-the-mill but also like a marathon or exercise, just like – just this constant beratement and how this relationship just slowly Mm. becomes darker and more toxic. I think it would be interesting if they did this film – Without the monsters, but maybe they're watching a monster attack on television. There's no connection to it, but maybe there starts to be parallels of, like, you know, the monster, the monster's alcoholism, or the monster is this toxic relationship. I think what's interesting, too, is there are some things, like, obviously, the alcoholism, the relationship, but then we don't even talk about Jason Sudeikis and the relationship with his parents and his family. I mean, his mother and father passed, and he had nothing. It looked like at one point when she goes to his house that he's a hoarder. And he's Mm. just holding on to all these things, all the furniture that he gives her. At one point, he says it's from his uncle. So did his uncle pass? And he's storing stuff on there, too. He's holding on to the past for some reason. But that's just, like, dashed over. We never really, like, explore and look into and see, like, okay, what's the trauma that's causing him to act this way? Mm. And at the same time, what's her trauma causing her to act this way? Like, we never really get into – I would like to see more of their backstory and kind of what their trauma is and why they've become the way they become instead of just, hey, here's this person and how they are. Especially when we get to Sudeikis' character, he makes such a hard turn. I think that's what throws me. All of a sudden, he goes from like this, like, hey, I'm really nice and caring. And then it's just, boom, he's a monster. Like, he is not a good person. Now, on a rewatch, you can kind of see, like, because you know who he is now, it makes sense and it kind of adds up. But at first glance, it's just – it really catches you off guard and you're stuck kind of wondering like why is he like this? How did he get like this? And I think because we have all these – I mean they touch on it. You know, Obviously he was always kind of jealous of her and stuff. But for me, like to be that jealous of somebody, to have such – I don't know. It just – it feels like his actions outweigh his feelings. Like he is really going over the top for – I don't want to say no reason because obviously he's got some feelings for her, but like there's other things going on in this world you know what i mean like it's move on and 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 be okay but i i don't know it just his sudden change really throws me
0: we know what i'm just going to back up this discussion for a moment because i think we probably need to um spend a moment explaining the central conceit of this movie which is that the kind of the darker elements of uh, Anne Hathaway's uh, and uh, Jason Statham's sort of personalities are in this film being projected through these uh, the kind of the appearance of these monsters in the other side of the world. So, you know, the, these characters have got these 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 issues around i guess this kind of psychological manipulation which they which we kind of sort of learn about that they is sort of in you know indulge in each other um also their kind of unhealthy relationships with alcohol uh, you know this is actually sort of manifested in the appearance of these uh monsters a kind of godzilla like creature and also this sort of huge robot sort of transformers like robot in south korea and these these characters Sort of uh, stomp around South Korea causing damage, which is essentially I guess a metaphor for the for the damage that um, these people uh, are causing in their own lives and in the lives of, of, of people um, around them so I mean you know how how all on board did you get with this sort of very i guess visual representation of of the kind of the psychological kind of problems that the, the characters were going through uh, within this film.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, it really had the potential to be just like, okay, we get it to be just really in your face and obnoxious about it. But it wasn't like it was, it was there enough. It was subtle enough at first. And then as they explored it more, it just kind of made sense. Like at first they're kind of just discovering they have this problem. And then Hathaway's character She knows she's an alcoholic, but when obviously her boyfriend, uh, Dan Stevens' character, when he literally packs her stuff for her and says go, (laughs) which is nuts, um, she starts to kind of see like, okay, I do have something. And I mean she even talks about in the film like I stopped drinking um, Mm. like Sunday or something. It's assumedly later on in the week and then – excuse me. And then you have uh, Jason Sudeikis' character when he's a robot. Okay, robots are emotionless and they just have a prime directive. Well, we discover that he's emotionless and has a prime directive. So as they start to figure out this is who they are and what they're doing, their interactions make more sense when the – obviously the the creature and the robot interact. So it kind of plays out really well and very smart, but – like i said it could have been you know one of those obnoxious like over the top like ugh we get it metaphor mm. but it just it just works in the situation and i don't know if it's the writing i don't know if it's the acting but they nailed that aspect of it as
0: far as i'm concerned well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, performances that we get in the in this film. I, I'm just going to put my my cards on the table. I thought Anne Hathaway was uh, excellent in this movie. I thought she there was a great combination of you know her showing her intelligence as a character, but then also her being a screw-up and i think that's quite a hard act to pull off uh, you know between being somebody who's also you know that combination of intelligence but also somebody who's got the potential to just mess up their own own life and you know there's uh, you know there's some complexity to her character that um she has to pull off and i i think i thought she did that fantastically well in this yeah, I would
1: have to agree. Um, such a performance, in fact, that it kind of makes me want to revisit previous films she's done and give her a second chance, and kind of look at it with fresh eyes and a clear mind, and say, "Okay, did I miss something before? Was I just kind of stuck in an opinion? Uh, let me just give it, you know, fresh eyes." Um, I really like Jason Sudeikis, mm. even though his change is sudden and then necessarily his story and his arc kind of threw me off his performance is still really solid when he's telling the firework story and he's kind of just like shoving chairs and tables to the side to light this firework he's in control the entire time he's in control his actions are in control his voice is in control you could have put anybody else in there and they would just chew up the scenery left and right they'd be picking up the chairs and throwing them but instead he's just cool not really cool but calm cool collected to an extent Mm -hmm. just moving the stuff aside to prove a point and there is again zero emotion it's that robotic state and he's getting what he wants sure he's just randomly setting off a firework to prove a point which i think he could have done anything else but to have like i said that control and that screen presence like it just works or when he says when she throws the keys and she's like i'm not coming back he's like yeah you are Or she's Mm. like, I'm going to leave with him. He's like, "Mm, she's not. Just to have that control, no heightening of the voice, no extra. There's nothing over the top. He's just as calm as possible. And that can be a little chilling at times because it's
0: like, oh, oh, no. Absolutely echo your comments because, you know, he he's a really very dark character in in this movie. But he manages to achieve that with very minimal work, really. And, you know, I, I think that's just you know, a tribute to the writing, but also a tribute to you know his choices as a, as a performer. Because as you say, he he could really chew. There are moments in this film where he could really choose scenery, but he always seems to choose the the most restrained option. But he's got the, I don't know. He's just got like the weight of like he's got some pre- he's got some real presence on the screen and. That allows him to just do a lot without doing very much, but it just carries, you know, so much weight. And there's there's several confrontations between him and Hathaway in this in this film. And there are some moments in here you're thinking this could go to some really nasty places. And I I don't really I don't really feel like I want the you know I don't want to see that on the screen. And the film ultimately doesn't go those places. But the fact that you know, Sudeikis is able to convey that level of danger is a real tribute, I think, to to him and his performance in this film. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, if you switched him and Dan Stevens
1: around, it wouldn't work. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis could pull off the whole like, you know, you need to go and then all shucks come back. Things are better. But Dan Stevens, you know, he would have been over the top. He'd have gotten his, you know, red in the face, a little vein popping out of his forehead like you you would tell from the beginning like oh something's not right about this guy whereas sedekis and it could just be him and his demeanor and how people know him in his films but it adds to him all of a sudden there's that turn and then when he's because it, you know we see him throughout the film he's he's helping her he's you know being nice he's doing all these things he's cracking jokes and having fun but then when he makes that turn and just becomes that robot it's it's serious and
0: no one's laughing anymore and he's just pulling it off really really well Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at the exploding helicopter action. Hello, you lot. I'm Daryl. And I'm Ben. And we're Sudden Double Deep, the Triple Bill title podcast. Each fortnight, we watch three films linked by a word in the title. For example, Sudden Impact, Double Impact, and Deep Impact, or Young Frankenstein, Young Guns, and While We're Young, or... Four flies on grey velvet, blue velvet and velvet goldmine. You get the idea. If you're into finding links between weird triple bills, taking pot shots at terrible movies and listening to two film fanatics bicker, then weave the show for you. Search for Sudden Double Deep on iTunes, Stitcher and all good podcatchers and find us on Twitter at SDD film Podcast. That's SDDFilmPodcast. Oh, thank you very much. We're back, and now we're looking at the exploding helicopter action. This occurs during one of the Kaiju monsters' appearances in South Korea. Naturally, the sight of the giant Godzilla-like creature has garnered the attentions of the military, As armed forces surround the creature and several helicopters circle overhead, one of them makes a misjudgment and flies straight into the head of the monster. The collision with the Kaiju's cranium causes the copter to combust. So, uh, Nick, what did you make of the exploding helicopter action?
1: I thought it was great. And once again, you've brought me to a position of a rare exploding helicopter that happens very early in the film, Versus in the last 10-15 minutes. I feel like 80% of the films that you've introduced me to and have me watch on the program, that's when it happens. It's like this big happy payoff. But this isn't it. It's almost a throwaway, which is disrespectful to exploding helicopters <laughs> altogether. But it's different at the same time because usually we see these creatures that are in control – And they're punching helicopters away or they're grabbing it and throwing them away in the distance. They're in control, but in this case, it's like what's happening? You know, she's flailing around, doesn't know what's going on, eventually gets hit in the head. It's almost slapsticky, and that's something that we don't see with exploding helicopters.
0: Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you. I I think that um, this particular scene happens sort of like earlier in the film at at a moment where I guess we're still in a sort of a lighter stage within the themes that this film is exploring. So it is a, a moment that is played as a bit of a gag because when the helicopter crashes, into the head of the monster you know we see you know Anne Hathaway's character sort of you know holding her head and going you know ow you know what was what was that you know she's unaware of what is causing her the pain at that particular moment and so it's you know it's played for uh, for yucks I do have a kind of a, a couple of uh, nitpicks I guess with the uh, exploding helicopter that we see here it's very quick it's very brief scant moments are, are spent on the uh, the collision of the of the uh, the helicopter.
1: Absolutely. And another part of me thinks that you brought it up with the military. um, Why aren't there more? There should be hundreds of more exploding helicopters. <laughs> These creatures show up and the uh, military's like, let's just see what they do. And they hang back. And even when they're being attacked, like nothing. Now, granted – When Jason Sudeikis' character as the robot is kind of smashing around and trouncing, they're keeping it just on her to see the anguish in the face, artfully done, really well done. But the scenes where they're actually like in the city fighting, where where are the other helicopters? Where is all the other military? There should have been at least three or four more exploding helicopters. That would have been – you know, I mean he's the robot, shoot a couple with a laser, something
0: you know having what you've just said though does raise uh, an ongoing bugbear of mine which is the seeming inability of uh, helicopter pilots in films to actually observe a safe distance from some sort of threat that they are, you know, flying next to. So what is the point of being in a helicopter if you can't maintain your aerial advantage? So, you know, staying out of range of swatting distance, uh, you know, of a completely observable object would just seem, you know, like a fundamental basic that you should be observing um, as a pilot. You know what?
1: I didn't even think about that. That's actually... That kind of changes my mind about military apprehension in film in general. I would have never thought like, hey, let's hang back because they're going to swat. So I'm glad you brought that up.
0: So, uh, you know, I I think, well, to be honest, I think a lot of things, but I think that is definitely enough for this episode of uh, the Exploding Helicopter podcast. So, um, you know, uh, Nick, thanks very much for returning to to the show. Do you want to take a moment to, uh, you know, let people know what's going on over at French Toast Sunday? Absolutely. You can always find me
1: as well as the rest of the French Toast Sunday crew at FrenchToastSunday.com. Recently recorded an episode where we looked at our top 10 favorite actors, actresses of the last decade. We're going to have a lot of those last decade lists this year, Um, not only because it's 2020. It's a brand new decade, but this is 10 years of French Toast Sunday, so we're just kind of going big. We're going home at this point uh, and <laughs> celebrating. Um, so we have that to look forward to. We just released our top 10 of 2019 list. It was really solid. And I was actually very surprised at some of the uh, films that made the list this year. So definitely check that out and give it a listen. Um, outside of that, occasionally I'm on the Lamb cast. And obviously check the back
0: catalog of Exploding Helicopter and find me right here. Definitely check the back catalogue of Exponing Helicopter. But uh, as always, don't forget to uh, check out the Exponing Helicopter website. We've got uh, a new review up there of the uh, 1970s... uh, conspiracy thriller domino principle and yes that is a film that we have tackled on a previous episode uh, of this podcast but if you go and read the review you can read my undiluted thoughts on that movie so i mean i you know i really can't think of a greater recommendation than that uh, as uh, you know as always you know sharing is caring so you know if you can give us a like a retweet or a review it'd really help us out so uh, we'll be back soon but until then keep watching the skies for those exploding helicopters disruptors.
1: podcast is a proud member of the lamb podcasting network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. When they started downsizing,
0: I was the first to go. Oh you jerk, you already knew. Yes, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me? Why are you
1: letting me like Well, I I I didn't want you to think I was creepy. Like I'm some sort of stalker. Oh, well,
0: it's too late for that.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you've been following me all these years?
1: Of course I have. Somebody actually made it out of here and did something special for once. Hell, look what had to happen for things to get interesting around here.
0: Giants attacking South Korea. No. I mean, you.